I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, my goodness me! What a fantastic goal! What a goal! That is absolutely superb! Huge cheers go up around Emirates Stadium. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 18th of December 2017. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on today's show, Danny Welbeck tells us about some of his footballing mentors. We look at the letter E in the A to Z of Arsenal. Adrian Clark previews a huge Friday night clash against Liverpool at the chalkboard. We kick off by looking back at a double Premier League game week with our Arsenal Insight. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Michael McMullen, top Irish broadcaster and, of course, big Arsenal fan and regular contributor to the show, joins us on the line now. Uh, Michael, good to have you on back on board. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thanks, Russ. Good to be here with you, especially after a good result at the weekend, which was, I think, much needed, really, after a frustrating couple of games before that. Absolutely. We'll talk Newcastle in plenty of detail in a moment. But let's touch, first of all, on events at the London Stadium that started our latest double game week. And as you say, a frustrating night as uh, David Moyes' improving hammers hold the gunners to that goal of straw. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. 
Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Yeah, I was a bit worried about that game because obviously, you know, they were going in off the back of the Chelsea result. They were sort of getting that new manager bounce, but getting it maybe a little bit later than, than, than teams usually do. So they are an improving side, and I think they're a better team than maybe their results suggest, although I think you could say that about a number of teams in the Premier League this season. But, you know, in the end, we were almost coming out a little bit relieved. It was hard to know sort of what, what, what exactly to make of that match, and, you know, should we be pleased with the results, um, or, you know, or disappointed that we didn't take all three points. But, you know, we've had too many defeats in the league already this season. You know, psychologically, as much as anything, it was important that we didn't have another one. Uh, but we knew off the back of those two draws, two very different draws in the space of a few days, that we really needed to win then in the Newcastle game. And obviously that set up a very tense Saturday afternoon. Now, a change in formation for both of these games and back to a, effectively a flat back four. Um, it caused yeah. a couple of uh, personnel casualties, some tweaks. What did, what did you make of it? Because I, mean, I, I thought things had been working well, and of course, you know, you make the change, then we don't score against West Ham. Uh, you know, and it's very, very rare that Arsenal don't score in a Premier League game. So I don't really know exactly what what, what the thinking was in that one, and um, I, I was certainly surprised to see it. And it'll be interesting to see now in the second half of the season: is this going to be the way of things, or are we going to go back to the sort of formation that we had towards the end of last season? But I do sometimes feel with Arsene, and it's not a criticism of him. I think it's a reflection of the the, the depth of the squad he's put together. Sometimes he almost has too many options, and then that leads to a certain amount of confusion. I think there's a, a lot to be said for maybe you know your team and your formation to some extent picking itself. So I think maybe that is that is perhaps the, the the issue at times that you know there are so many possibilities and with so many versatile players, there's so much that he can do with what he has at his disposal that maybe sometimes it's very very difficult for him to be certain of, of what the best way is but with so many games now coming thick and fast it's going to be interesting to see will there be more experimentation is he going to give things you know a bit of a run uh, with, with you know the sort of approach he's taken in recent games Just back to West Ham for a moment had uh, Hernandez's mm. shot gone in of course when it rattled the bar and stayed out it could have been a very different story and a chance almost for redemption with the same team in the Carabao Cup as well Yeah you know I mean th- th- this funny like this scheduling of the, uh, the fifth round of, of, of the League Cup matches it's coming just before you know such an important run and such a big game now uh, on Friday uh, but you know you wonder then I mean you have to think will any of the teams really um, you know be fielding their top sides in the fifth round but I think you know what we're seeing now in the League Cup and of course in the Europa League this season is that even Arsenal's second string still a very strong side it's not like the old days of 18 and 19 year olds some of whom of course went on to become very good players uh, but you'd like to think with our home record, you know, it would be good to get through to a semi-final. And, uh, you know, our League Cup record, people think it's actually not that good. It's actually really very, very consistent uh, over the years. We've been in a couple of finals, 2007 and 2011. And we've been very consistent at sort of getting to this stage and then the semi-finals. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a believer in these competitions this season. I think the Europa League has actually served a really good purpose. People might have looked at it as... You know, a little bit of a distraction, but it's given players game time. And some of those players are now coming in and making a bit of an impact in, in the Premier League. So I'd say uh, that the West Ham match now on Tuesday night will be used in much the same way. And you would think, even with our second side, you know, at home, um, I, I would fancy us to get through against West Ham. And, you know, it's a chance to to get another trophy on, on, on board. And, you know, it's been too long, 25 years this season since we won the League Cup. I think it would be a very, very nice 
round number to end that run. I concur. Now, on to Newcastle. The boss keeping faith with that system. So, the likes of AG mm. Maitland-Niles playing ahead of Sayed Kalasinac, which is a big call. Uh, Iwobi, Wilshire, these guys are getting another chance. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the, the two players you mentioned there were probably the two players I was most pleased about on Saturday, Russ. I think Maitland-Niles, you know, we know how hard it is for these young players at any top Premier League club to break through. But again, despite what people say, Wenger has actually been pretty good at giving young players their chance. And at the moment, I think Maitland-Niles, you know, is really looking like he can bring something to the side. He's settling in well. He could have had a goal on Saturday. And he just looks like he feels he belongs in the team. But however pleased I was about him, I've got to say I was even more pleased what's happened to Jack Wilshere over the last week. Because this time last year, I think most of us probably never thought we'd see him playing for us again. Now you look what's happened. You know, he's come in in the other competitions. He's got some game time under his belt. And Wenger has now decided over the last week that he is confident enough in Wilshere to start him in Premier League games. Not only has he started against West Ham and Newcastle, I think it's just as important that he finished both of those games as well. And particularly against Newcastle, I thought it was his best day in an Arsenal shirt for a number of years. He had a role in Ozil's goal, the creation of it. He might have had a goal himself when he got the knockdown from Giroud. And, you know, I just remember that night in 2011 at White Hart Lane, Russ, when, you know, Wilshire just blew me away in that North London derby. I couldn't believe, you know, what a great player he was. And he was still so young at the time. He was only 19. We all know how frustrating it's been for him in all the years since then. My word, I mean, if he can continue, you know, only a couple of games back in the side and he's already playing as well as this, what could he bring to the team in the second half of the season? And, you know, you guys over there in England should be absolutely screaming, you know, at Gareth Southgate to, you know, really give him a chance in the friendlies in the new year because you guys always seem to have someone who comes through in the second half of the season, makes a run and becomes a starting player at the World Cup, you know, when you're in it, which, unlike us, is most times. And, uh, you, you know, you look at Wilshire at the moment, he could very much be that player this season. Mm, OK, so one key thing as well for me, Michael, was him surviving a nasty tackle in and around his heel area as well, not reacting, yeah. not getting injured and moving on from that, which was very positive. His assist, as you rightly say, helped set up this brilliant goal from Mesut Ozil. Here's a reminder of how Mesut downed the tune. Here is Jack Wilshire breaking forward, short for Alex Iwobi, right-hand side, back towards Wilshire, Jack can come get there, Alexis can, and it's blocked and then the header is cleared. Ozil on the volley! Oh, yes! <laughs> A terrific hit, technique, power, accuracy, the lot. Rob Elliott beaten and Arsenal lead by a goal to nil. Beautiful goal. I was very lucky to be there and witness it live. It was an absolute cracker in real time as he took it down on his left and hammered it home. Um, six goals in five games he's been involved in at Emirates Stadium for a man who still gets a fair bit of stick, rightly or wrongly, Michael. Yeah, well, wrongly in my view, for, for, for sure. You know, you and I were sitting together, I think, weren't we, um, when he made his home debut against Stoke yes. uh, back in 2013. And boy, did he light the place up that day. And I think ever since then, he's been a victim of that because he made such a good start at Arsenal. I think people were expecting that week in, week out. For me, obviously, it hasn't been quite like that. But for me, he's made a significant contribution, far more significant than people uh, you know, have given him credit for. And I was delighted to see him have a moment like that I think now, you know, throughout the Premier League, there's so much depth, there's so many good players. It's special moments like that that often decide games. And, uh, you know, there aren't that many players who can actually deliver them. But Ozil was one. I, it always annoys me when I hear him get the criticism he does. I think he's the sort of player who contributes a huge amount to the team without it being as obvious and as noticed as it might be with other players. Yes, there have been times in big games when he hasn't quite performed you know, to, to the same level that you'd expect of him. But, you know, those big games are hard. That's the thing. I mean, you're playing against better teams, against better opponents, and it's harder to have that sort of impact. So it was great to see on Saturday. I mean, you know, 
Arsene said after the game, we had absolutely to win. And I thought that just summed it up. Those two draws over the last week, they weren't dreadful results by any means. We're both away from home. But they were going to seem a lot worse if we didn't back them up with a home win against the side who were really struggling at the moment. And, you know, as much as we dominated the game, it was only that one moment that decided it in the end. Yes, remember you started your own chant, I remember, on that very night. It was quite remarkable. Oh, you were responsible for that too, <laughs> Russell. <laughs> um, let's finish with just talking tactically again, if we can. Do you think mm. that Arsenal will, at some point, revert back to a back three? And also, what's your Nacho Monreal take in now playing as a centre-half in a two rather than a three, which is effectively a new development as a, a first-choice option? Yeah, I mean, I think Monreal has come on an awful lot as a player over the last couple of years. Um, I saw him as very much a fringe player, but he, you know, he's, he's worked his way into being much more a central part of things, and I think that's, you know, that's very much um, deserved, basically, on the basis of the contribution he's made. But I think what happens sometimes is, you know, Arsene tries players out in new positions, and they work well there for a while, but then it sort of goes off the boil a little bit, and he sort of maybe. You know, again, without I don't want to make this sound like a criticism, but maybe he loses his nerve a bit with some of these tactical calls. And that may lead, in answer to the other part of your question, to changes later on in the season in the formation. If you think about it, when he switched to that new formation, sort of maybe two months before the end of last season, it was because we were struggling. And it will be interesting to see now, if we were to start struggling again, would he go back to that? I, I liked the way it was going. I do like the fact that... Um, you know, with this uh, change in formation that Maitland-Niles is getting in a run because he's the sort of player I really feel could, could contribute a lot. But it's all dictated by results, isn't it? I mean, that, you know, you don't change a formation when it's going well. So let's hope there's no need for a change between now and the end of the season. Michael, a pleasure to have you on from the Republic of Ireland and uh, a great festive period ahead, I trust, to you and yours. Thanks for coming on the show. Cheers, Ross. Always a pleasure. Danny Welbeck came through the Manchester United Academy, of course, and talks to us about going from mentee to mentor in the current Arsenal changing room. No one makes it in football without some help along the way. I think when I was a kid and I first set out that uh, I wanted to play football, I think people that I really looked up to was uh, my brothers, because I've got two big brothers and uh, playing with them when I was a little boy, that really really helped me along the way. I really enjoy playing football with them, playing with the kids on, on my street. Um, across the road from me, it's further along the line, across the road from me, um, growing up, uh, Wes Brown lived uh, directly opposite, so it was, a, it was a good motivation, an inspiration, inspirational person to, to follow. Um, sometimes you see him coming back from Lillyshaw and obviously, you know, he signed up at Manchester United and it gives you that kind of motivation that uh, you can follow in the, in the footsteps and try and emulate what he's done. Yeah, so I joined uh, Manchester United Academy and I remember my first, uh, my first coach there, Eddie, he was, um, obviously for me to go from Fletcher Mars and then to join the academy, it was, uh, it, was, it was massive for me. I remember running out um, from my first training session there, well, kind of trial, uh, I'll never forget that day. Um, but it was it was so good to to be involved in an academy setup, and you have a lot of role models, people you look up to. Obviously, the main one, most one, 
The most obvious ones would be the first team players, but there's also a lot of people along the way who help you out, the coaches, to listen to their advice, how to how to improve as a player, as a person. Um, there were so many people that I struggled to name, <laughs> struggled to name uh, along the way, but um, yeah, I think it's really important. You take in advice and it's how you deal with it. And them experiences will definitely make you a better person, better player. When you first get into the first team dressing room, I remember obviously there's you're in the same complex and you're seeing everybody, so you can't. It's a familiar face, but um, it's a daunting experience. Luckily for me, I had Wes Brown there, and I'd grown up across the road from him, so that was a familiar face with me. And um, he he was one who kind of brought me in and said, like, "This is Danny, you know, uh, get get to get to know him." And then I think. As you carry on training with the first team, you kind of um, develop uh, mentors every, in each and every single one of the players. Um, no matter if some of them don't even talk English or they're not really that talkative, you still learn from every single one of them, and that's important. Um, and you see, you, you, then you start to develop the mindset of, again, not losing even at, at such a high level. You know that even at that stage in their career of their careers that they don't want to lose, and um, that's so important. My locker, when I first got put in the first team dressing room, my locker was next to, I think I was in between Giggsy and and Ronaldo. So it's like you walk in and it's like, whoa, these are two top class players. And even back then, um, you could see the dedication and the motivation that. Um, Ronaldo had, and I, I was like kind of looking at him like, wow, this is this is um, it's special what I'm seeing on the training field, and um, yeah. So, but I think kind you kind of look at him then, and then you look at him now, and it's not it's not a surprise to to see the, the levels that he's reached. It's difficult to pick out one piece of advice that sticks out. Um, I think there's so much that you learn along the way in the, in your experience of of living, of getting through, going through different um, situations. Uh, so it's it's hard, but I think you take everything, you take everything in, and it's how you uh, it's how you use it. Obviously, there's a lot of talent um, coming through at Arsenal right now, and there's players here that you you could talk to. Um, you give it you you. You give them a, a friendly welcome and also offer them advice as well. So it's obviously how they take it, how they take it in and how they deal with it. And, yeah, I think it's important to to give the advice to the young players coming through because you always want it young yourself. <laughs> but you know what, it, like, with with the young boys coming through, um, and I know what it's like and how it feels, obviously, to make that step up from the academy and then to be with the first team. So I'm always there to to talk to, whether it be about football or something else, because it's it's an experience that I've been through myself and I'm always there for them to ask me any questions or if I see something, I'll, I'll tell them what I think's better to, to do in a certain situation. There's not a weirdness, obviously, um, with um, young players coming through. Again, um, throughout your whole career, that's what you've dealt with. You've dealt with uh, competition 
And um, if there's a good player coming through, then and he deserves his opportunity, then he he needs to take that. And I think, as I said before, with uh, football scouts all over the world, you need to be on at, at, at your best, uh, keep on improving, and because if you don't improve, then there's somebody else who's going to come in and take your spot. So um, it's healthy competition, and it only makes you better. The E is for Edu, an invincible who joined us from Corinthians in 2001. He played a hundred times for the Arsenal, scoring seven goals like these. And go to Arsenal, and they do through uh, in the end. Edu. Well, the delay. Wilto had the shot, and Vieira was in in a flash. So too was Edu. One 0 Arsenal. Henri and Edu. Oh, the main candidates. It's Edu's left foot through the wall and in! A goal inside five minutes from Edu. And Carlo Cudicini never saw it. Well, it's Edu. Yeah, what a nice touch. What a nice touch. His last game at Highbury, he could mark with a goal. Hasn't scored here, by the way, for over 18 months. The Brazilian says bye-bye to Highbury with a goal. And Arsenal move on to five. That final goal came against another E, Everton. He'd never played the Toffees outside of the country's top division, defeating them 104 times, including this 6-1 demolition, the opening day of the 2009 season. Fabregas, chance to Nielsen, and Arsenal take the lead. Well, it was created and crafted across 20 yards out from goal, and Danielson breaks the deadlock in the Premier League. Fabregas, and Percy wants it played to feed, he goes to goal! Oh, what a strike from Cesc Fabregas! Arsenal go knack with a fifth goal, and the skipper is leading by example. Eduardo. Chance to spin and turn for us. It's going to sneak off the post. Eduardo follows up. Well, Arsenal, with time ticking away, produce a goal for Eduardo. A big smile for him, too. Finally, E is for our home, Emirates Stadium. We made the short move to the Emirates in 2006 and have enjoyed some very memorable moments since then, including beating Barcelona 2 1. Year 2011. Chipped into Van Persie. Robin Van Persie has found a way through. Valdez beat at his near post. There didn't look to be an angle. And it's 1 1 at the Emirates. Now Arsenal played around the pressure. Now they've got a chance. And there's no flag here. Can Arsenal find something right at the death? Played back for Arshavin. 2 1. They've turned it round. Off the bench and on the score sheet, and the Gunners lead. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. Well, joining me at the Chalkboard is none other than Adrian Clark. Clark, I'm glad you're here, because last time I saw you, you weren't looking too clever. 
<laughs> well, I don't think either of us were really, were we? Uh, yeah, Christmas party. It was uh, yeah, it was good fun. It was enjoyed it. Bounce back well, my friend. Good work. <laughs> our question at the chalkboard: What do you put our problems down to with scoring away from home? Well, look, it, it, it's a problem that Arsenal Wenger will be looking to solve, no doubt about it. I think that we just haven't haven't played with the same tempo or drive away from home. Um, here at Emirates Stadium, we're starting games quickly, on the front foot, uh, and scoring early goals away from home. It's been a lot more pedestrian in terms of the pace of the game. And for that reason, we, we haven't unsettled the, the opposition sides on home turf. That's been a definite problem. I also feel, yeah, we haven't been incisive enough. We haven't made, we haven't had midfielders or, or wide players making runs in beyond the striker, playing in front of the, back of, of the opposition defence too much. We've just been too easy to defend against. I want to see guys like Urzel and Iwobi and Alexis drive to that byline much more than they have done. We saw it for about 10 minutes after half-time at West Ham, but it's been too rare an occurrence this season. Would you therefore mix things up in terms of how you approach the game with the 11? I think it's a mentality thing, really. I, I just think you've got to try and convince the players they're playing at home, even though they are away. Because here at Emirates Stadium, they, they do those things. They get to the byline, they play sharp one-twos and, and get in beyond the opposition defence. There's no reason why that can't happen on our travels too. It's just we, we seem to just be content to pass the ball around in front of opposition teams. And for that reason, we're just not creating the chances and therefore not, not scoring enough goals. OK, let's build up then to what is almost an ideal Christmas fixture, isn't it? It's a traditional one. It's one that's full of history. It's full of attacking players. Liverpool is going to be a really, really exciting game. It's one of my favourite fixtures, full stop. Um, Arsenal v Liverpool, ever since I was a tiny kid, it's, it's had cla classics, uh, it really has. So many memorable matches down the years, often full of goals. And you've got two teams, two managers, that they just want to play attacking football. Like, you, can, you can sit back and criticise both defences quite heavily. But um, in terms of what they do going forward, um, you would imagine we're in for a feast. Of course, they've got the Fab Four, mm. Salah, who's just... Incredible. Mm. Mane, Firmino, Cachinho. It's yes. not a bad combo, is it? It's a brilliant combo. And let's when they play together, I say. Well, let's just hope that Jurgen Klopp has a brain freeze again and doesn't play them uh, altogether because I, I could not believe he, he left a couple of them out of the Merseyside derby. Absolutely bonkers, in my opinion. Um, if all four start here at Emirates Stadium, it's going to be a challenge because they work brilliantly together. Yeah, all, all, all four got so many different qualities. But the guy that doesn't, doesn't get the credit is Firmino. Um, but he's the glue that knits that, that unit together. Very unselfish, works hard, and he's got quality as well inside the box. So uh, don't underestimate Firmino. How do you approach it then as Arsenal? Do you go hell-bent on trying to fight fire with fire? Uh, or is it a case of just trying to maybe be a bit more stable, and a, a bit more solid? It's a tough one. I mean, yeah, we don't want to be behind early on like we were against Manchester United. So I think there has to be not not a gung-ho attitude. I, I would look at the Spurs game as, as the prime example of how Arsenal should be approaching home games. It was aggressive, aggressive in everything that Arsenal did off the ball and on it without ever really leaving too many holes. That's, that's, the, that's the best approach. Clarky, excellent work as ever. And if you were the boss preparing to uh, send the team out for this massive fixture, what would your five-second team talk be? I'd go tactical. I'd say I want four players back at all times. I know we're at home, but 
when one fullback goes, the other stays back. Granite Jacket, you stay back as well. We just let the front five attack, and that'll do us. Okay, fantastic thoughts. Let's now prepare to go toe to toe ourselves in this. Reign of Arsenal. Well, the Arsenal Weekly podcast producer, Liam Roberts, has been dutifully watching us eagle-eyed in the studio as ever. Liam, how's it going? All good, thanks, guys. Yeah, so last one before Christmas now, so uh, it's going to be either a week three triumph for Adrian or uh, the usual from, from Russ. Which is a week one triumph and then an insipid failure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not anticipating a Christmas knees up after this. Yeah, I love that this has become a thing now, the, the week three curse. So... Um, yeah, so last week, AD, you won again, so you'll be answering questions on... Yeah, the, the famous 1993 League and FA Cup double. Correct, yes. And, Russ, you, you've gone, gone a bit left field. I have, because one of the questions I got wrong was players who have left Arsenal at the end of the 2008 campaign, and I just thought, why not? I'll go for one of those, of which there were five. And I've picked Mattia Flamini, his life and times, Arsenal and beyond. Yeah, it was quite interesting researching that, actually. So, um, I think last week it was... I tried to set my stall out. <clears throat> well, I did. I just set it out poorly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, AD, this is going to be a key decision. Key deci Look, I'm going to go first, yeah. Let, let's, just, let's just do this and, uh, yeah, see if I can get at least one. OK, week three. Cup double season. Question starting now. How many goals did we score in the cup competition combined? Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, that's a beast, isn't it? Um, oh, God. Um, how long have we got? I'm, you probably haven't got long enough for me to add it up. Um, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Um, five, six. Oh, look, it's going to take me too long, so I'm going to say um, 28. 33. Unlucky. Unlucky. Question two. How many games did we play at Highbury Ooh. on the cup run? How many games at Highbury? Interesting. Right. Um, stat, stat ones here, haven't we? Um, so the first round, yes. Second round, yes, because it was a replay. Um, Forest away. Blah, 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 blah. Definitely had Palace at home. Um, we had Forest at home. We had Forest at home. It's four. Blah, blah, blah. So FA Cup away. It's five. Again, look, it's going to take me ages. I, I would say. It's already taken you ages. I would say seven. Six. Unlucky. Oh. I'm enjoying too long last week. I'm enjoying this. Okay, question three. Uh, we beat Millwall in the shootout. We did. Three one. Yeah. Who scored Arsenal's penalties? Oh, come on. Ridiculous. Um, three three. <laughs> um, no idea. Well, I've got to get all three or just one of them. Gotta get all three. <sighs> Ian Wright, Anna Smith, Kevin Campbell. Two out of three, not bad. <laughs> Third one, friend of the show, David Hillier, with probably the worst penalty I've ever seen in my life. If, yeah, if you get a chance, watch it. It's terrible. <laughs> well, you sat through it. Wow. You did doing his research. Doing here, research. Isn't it? Question four. Who received their only yellow card of their career? Alan Smith. <laughs> oh, he's done it. <laughs> Alan Smith. Extra time with the replay, wasn't it, in the FA Cup Indeed. final? Yes. Um, can you believe it? Yeah, he picked up his one and only yellow card. So, yeah, look, one. One. That's, uh, they were good questions. They were, they were tough. They were tough. Okay, so Russ, question number one. Matthew Flemini, week one. Matthew played... Oh, sorry, Matthew made his Arsenal debut and scored his first goal against the same team a year apart. Which team was it? It was Everton. 
correct. Which number did he wear for AC Milan? He wore the year of his birth, which was 1984. Correct. 84, not 1984. Oh, 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 sorry, 84. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That'd be a really oh, long man. number. That'd be a really oh, long no. number. No, I know what you meant. <laughs> um, who did he make his second debut for us against? Uh, Spurs. Correct. And how many French caps does he want? Trois. Indeed, four out of four. Bravo, bravo. Mercy. Needed badly after the general needed. way the last six weeks of this have gone. I was close to you that I think I've slipped an epic amount behind you, which, of course, we'll find out next week, Liam, because we're going to take a festive break, I'm right in saying, yeah. but you're going to tot up all the scores. Correct, and I've got a bit of a, a surprise, maybe a bit of a treat for you guys. I've absolutely terrorised you for half a season now True. on these questions. Um, so for one week only... I will give you the chance to get your own back and I will be sitting in the hot seat for Brain of Arsenal with my specialist subject. Which is? The Premier League career of Petr Cech. Brilliant. My favourite Arsenal player. I'm so, looking uh, forward to that. So, yeah, and I'd go, go however you want. If you want week one questions, I don't mind going week one questions. Um, no, 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 we're going week He's caught Clarky at a point that you've just, you know, <laughs> taken his pants down, so... <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, I will be in the hot seat next week. Excellent stuff. Liam Clarky, when can we either see or hear you again? I will be... Um, I'll be doing the breakdown of the Liverpool game, um, so that'll be the next time I'm, uh, I'm on Arsenal Play. So that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Danny Welbeck, to Michael McMullen and to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. We'd like to know how we're doing on the podcast, so please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can subscribe as well and also find us on Acast these days. Remember, get your questions into Clarkie for the chalkboard as well on Twitter using the hashtag ArsenalWeekly. We're back on Christmas Eve with all the reaction to our game against Liverpool and previewing the rest of the Christmas fixture list. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.